0: You ready? As i ever been. Do do you really think they'll be back? You don't? I I don't know. It's just been so long, man. Just... I guess I'm a mite nervous is all. Oh, don't be nervous. I'm with you, bud. I know. And I'm glad. Mm. So uh, how did Maybelle take the news? Well, she don't understand us. Thinks I done lost my cookies and I drugged you down with me. Damn! I never understand. <laughs> ain't that the truth? Hang on. You know, it just ain't the same. Uh, You're telling me. (gasps) You were right! Oh, I hope they keep us this time.
1: Listening to the Nerd Blitz with Doom and Fitz. I am the one called not Fitz,
2: and I am the one that is called Fitz. Who's Doom? Huh? Who's Doom? I don't know.
1: Thought you'd follow my my lead and I say know, I the one up. not called Doom. God damn it!
2: I know I fucked up.
1: We're this close to a hundred. Fuck it, halfway, we're done.
2: Halfway, halfway through what I said, I was like, "God damn it!" He wanted me to do the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and welcome to episode ninety-nine. Ding 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 ding. Oh, that's ding, only one away from hundred. I know. Put like sleigh bells in there.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I have thought about these last few episodes, like slowly, it's so stupid, but slowly, like, put sleigh bells in the background. And in each episode, make them slightly louder, so it sounds like he's closer. <laughs> I don't know why with that. J. Sarge is Santa. It comes around once a year. It's so funny to me. But, mm. anyhow.
2: Yeah, we gotta come up with a time to record with him.
1: <laughs> yeah, no shit. J. Sarge will be here sometime. Hopefully. Yeah, that's funny. I've got... I had big plans for that. We haven't recorded a single fucking thing for it, though. Nope. It's gonna be interesting, gang, so you don't want to miss that.
2: (laughs) The 100th is gonna be a a clusterfuck, just like the first 99.
1: (laughs) It's not untrue. Mm -mm. Anywho. Anywho. What's what's up with you?
2: Nothing. I, uh... nothing. Alright, moving on. Continue to clean the basement up. I will have a proper space down here at some point.
1: Oh boy.
2: I keep going through boxes and finding shit that I forgot I even had.
1: You're putting your hand in your box?
2: Mm. You could say it, you could put it that way, I guess, if you're completely fucking (laughs) gross.
1: Don't gotta be prude.
2: I still don't know how I'm gonna get a fucking pool table down those steps, but.
1: Oh yeah, that was the idea, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, eventually we're going to get my uncle's pool table down here, but uh, even if... I don't
1: know why, but that sounds sketchy as fuck. We're going to put my uncle's pool table down here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If it had been any other family member, fine, whatever. It's my dad's (laughs) pool table. It's my aunt's pool table. But there's something about uncle that's like, (laughs) ooh.
2: Yeah. Your next
1: college boy.
2: I don't don't even have... uh,
1: (laughs) I know that was pinball, but I don't care. It's still funny.
2: I get it. This is one of the most one of the most disturbing movies of all time.
1: <laughs> I know, it is.
2: Let's make a joke about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of how we do.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, but what I was saying was, even if I hired people to bring it down here, I I don't think it'll physically fit.
1: Yeah, the turn is a bitch.
2: Well, even that, it there's no, there's a post in the way, like there's a. Well, that's uh, so, what I mean. Yeah, but Trying I mean to
1: make that turn would be a bitch. Yeah.
2: Well, but I mean they'd the sti- have to yeah. saw it in half, right? So I may have to dismantle it and bring it down piece by piece.
1: Kind <laughs> of take out a wall, cut a which, hole in the floor.
2: Yeah, which I really don't want to have to do because it's not a very nice pool table. I guess. <sighs> I always thought it was pretty nice, but it's not slate top. It's just a wood top pool table from the sixties.
1: Uh, right. Type of thing you'd find in, like, a dive bar.
2: Probably, yeah. Uh, right. The ball return and everything. Right. And, uh, apparently they're not, like, if you take it, like, if you have somebody come and refelt it.
1: They'd laugh in your face. <laughs> yeah, they
2: won't. There's, I looked online and the people that do, like, disassembly and moving pool tables or come out and refelt pool table, they won't fucking do it because it's not a real pool table.
1: Oh, wow. They're,
2: they're like, oh, well, they're not meant to be taken apart. They'll they'll just fall apart if you take them apart and try to put them back together because they're just press board and all that shit. It's like, well, that can't I'm possibly be. I'm trying
1: to fucking... act classy over here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck?
1: So, okay, here's my question. Couldn't you just, like, disassemble it, get a new piece of wood? Because I'm stupid. I'll fully admit that. You know this. You've, we've been doing this for four years. You know I'm... Halfway to dirt. <laughs> Couldn't you just get like a chunk of 2x4 or not 2x4? A chunk of plywood and put felt on it yourself and not worry about the old chunk of wood?
2: Uh, I mean, Are, yeah, but or I is think there they're
1: like a specific type.
2: No, but I think they're thinking like the sides and the rails and all that shit. No, all that shit is like not designed really to come apart. Oh, but it's gotcha. like it was. Came in pieces and people put it together. So how could it not come apart? How could it how could it not be taken apart and put back together? I don't get it.
0: I don't know. So anyway, didn't have right.
2: Anyway, right. I think I'm going to have to do that, and then I'll probably have to refelt it myself, or just play play on it with the holes that are in it. There's holes all over the.
1: Once again, I refelt my uncle's pool table. There's just something weird about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Right on. Um sounds fun at least.
2: But I'd like to get a like a little couch or something down here and a TV and I could just fuck off down here when I need to.
1: Little man cave. Uh-huh. Put your little T V down there. Mm-hmm. Get you some Netflix going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Alright. So what do you want to hit first? Of our planned topics.
2: I don't know. You want to do your Undertaker bit first?
1: I was going to say either that or the list, so let's go with that since you picked. Okay. It's all your fault. Yep. Did you see Groupie's tweet earlier? No. Yeah, she tweeted something about uh, 98, and she said it still fits his fault, and I said, I don't care what it will, what it is. Uh, is. I'll take the scenic route as long as I can make it your fault.
2: <laughs> what was my f- I don't even remember what my fault was.
1: Uh, because, well
2: The the tee up the the B-roll, is that what she's talking about? No
1: No, like, um The beginning of the episode I told you it's all your fault Because we had to delay an hour
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah.
1: So it gave me time to get pissed about something (laughs) Right,
2: yeah, 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 okay (laughs) It's always my fault I'm, I'm It's fine It's fine, I'm used to it No matter where
1: you go, it's always your fault Yep. You know,
2: everybody has a purpose in life, and mine is to be my fault.
1: To be faultful. Mm-hmm. Some people are fruitful, you're faultful. That's right. Anywho, yeah, let's talk about Taker real quick. Okay. Um. So, I've been meaning to talk about it for a while, but we've just had so much other shit going on that I never did. But uh, after Mania, or during Mania, actually, they were teasing on the WWE Network that they were going to be doing this new uh, docu-series about Taker. And it's like, wait, what? And they were shown, like, this is going to go behind the scenes like we never have before with him, which is like, ooh, that's fucking interesting.
2: Yeah, because they never never do anything like this on him.
1: Like, even when he was American Badass, like, because people were like, oh, he's never done interviews or anything. And it's like, well, that's not true because you can go on fucking YouTube, there's uh, an interview of him on Kimmel. Yeah. So it's not like there's never, but even so, there was never this level because they followed him for like uh, three years, I think. So yeah, it's like whoa, dude. Yeah,
2: it's crazy that they planned it out that far in advance.
1: That's the thing; they didn't. Oh. Because as we talked about, I think it was like episode thirty-two. That match with Roman.
2: Yeah, that was supposed that to was be the supposed end. to be
1: his. Yeah, it was. It was supposed to be his last match. Um, and he said before that, like, he didn't know what they were going to do with the footage, but he felt if that was going to be his last match, it needed to be documented since he's never done anything like that before. So he allowed cameras to follow him for the first time, which was pretty cool. But after that match turned into what it was and an abortion, kind of, yeah. And I, I've talked to Andrea about it too, and it's like, is it just me that looks at that match and. Like, do I have blinders on when it comes to Taker? Do I look at that match and I see it? I can't see his faults? Like, I understand that he wasn't in the best shape in that match. And she's like, no, like, Roman shit the bed, too. I was like, are you sure? You're not just saying that to, like, shut me up? And she's like, no, it's true. Because yeah. like I said back then, the fucker dropped him twice. Right. Well, apparently... Take her after that because again they followed him up to that match and then after it, and that match is what made him come back because he's like I can't go out like that, yeah. Because it was such a shit show. Because he says he doesn't watch his matches, which most people don't, but yeah, he rewatched that and they show him rewatching it for the first or watching it for the first time, and you can tell he's like ugh. So it follows all of that, like his decision making on like, am I coming back for this match? I guess I'm doing this next, all that shit over five episodes covering like three years and they go back too, a little bit, not too much, but they do go back in his history and cover some of that shit too. Which it's the shit that I've said before that I think should be covered in a book by him. And like they cover his relationship with Vince real well. And and I, I will say this about it too. It. If you watch all five episodes in a row, it is really repetitive because they do ring some of the same bells.
2: Mm, okay.
1: But stretched out, like over five weeks, how it should be or it was intended to be watched, it's better that way. It's kind of like any TV show you watch. If you watch it weekly, it's like, oh, this show's so good. But if you watch it on like DVD, Blu ray streaming, whatever, it's like, goddamn, they're saying the same shit a lot, don't you think? Yeah. So, anywho. That's pretty fucking cool too, and there's a lot of cool uh, nuggets in there about that. And I think I found a link on YouTube and I sent it to you, didn't I? Did you get a chance to watch it?
2: Um, You've sent me a couple things. I've watched some of the shorter things, but not. I don't think I watched the one, the lat, the latest one you sent me because it was like, it was the whole the whole last match, right?
1: No, it was the whole first episode of the documentary.
2: Oh. Okay. No, I haven't watched the whole thing yet.
1: Okay. I don't know if it's still up, but if if you can find her, if I find it again, I'll send it again. Okay. I do think it's worth a watch, especially if you like that era of not just WWE, but wrestling in general. Mm-hmm. It is pretty fascinating because, and this is something they say repeatedly throughout the five episodes, like this has never been done before because... Even guys from that time, like, they go on and do podcasts or whatever. Or, like, they write books or they just... Like Dwayne, he went off, became a star, and he, you know... You can see his every fucking move documented. Taker is the last holdout. Right. And he does, in it, like, get a little bit snarky, I guess, is the way to put it. About, you know, the guys now where they're... Monday Night on Raw... You see him being like, Oh, I hate you, you're a piece of shit and then the next night they're posting pictures on Instagram of them drinking in a bar.
2: Right. Yeah, there's no there's no illusion anymore of
1: Right. And he's talked about like how it's been hard for him in this digital age to keep that up, especially with his wife having been on Instagram and shit. You know, people catch him in an airport and whatnot, and he's talking about how back in the day you didn't have that shit. Yeah, somebody saw you, but like you could play the part and keep going or whatever, but now somebody's got a phone, it kind of looks ridiculous or whatever. So they cover all that, and then in the past couple weeks, they've really been building up to the last episode, so it's like, I know what's coming. And it. I might have said it back when, you know, we thought he retired back in the day, but it's time. I can admit that it's time, but I've still got that selfish little fucking piece to me that's like fuck I never got to see that entrance live. Yeah. I never got to see him have a match and even a dog shit match I would have been glad just to see the entrance you know. But yeah they show him I think in the first or second episode they show him like getting the hip surgery that everybody thought he had but was never confirmed mm-hmm. and like they show him knocked out and them fucking beating on his fucking bones with a fucking hammer and shit. So it's time. He he does need to, as he put it, fucking, the cowboy needs to ride off into the sunset. But still, there is that little bit of like, man, I missed out, you know? Yeah. He even says in the documentary, like, after the Roman match, he wasn't ready to go. He was going to go, but he wasn't ready. But this time, like, he did go out on a good note. hmm And he does feel at peace going. So it's like, well, do what you got to do, dude.
2: I wonder what he's going to do now.
1: Well, I mean, at this point, he doesn't have to do shit.
2: Well, no, I know. But you know he's not going to not do anything.
1: Right. Well, you know.
2: I mean, I can't imagine him staying away from wrestling.
1: Well, they show in episode four or five, like him going down to the performance center in Florida Mm -hmm. and helping... You know the guys and girls that are coming up, so I think he's got that's in his future for sure, mm-hmm. but that's not the same as you know twenty thousand screaming people, so yeah, I don't know like I think we've talked about this before too, like a decade maybe twelve years ago when w w e was trying to break into movies on their own and they launched wWE studios. And I, there's only one site where I can find any proof of it now. Mm-hmm. But there was talk back then that they were going to do some kind of movie with him. Almost like that Journey into Darkness uh, book that I keep tub thumping for. Uh-huh. It was, But it was going to be like a supernatural western.
2: Oh, yeah. You've talked about this.
1: And to me, it's like, what better time is there to fucking do that? Mm, yeah. Because... If you, like he's done for 30 years, if you treat that character seriously and do a movie like that, it would be so fucking spooky and awesome. Almost like they did with the match this year at Mania. Like they treated it seriously, they shot it like a movie. That would be fucking great. So like there's that. I don't know if he has any interest in acting or anything, but there is that.
2: I almost feel like he would be, he would be, it would be good to have him like help direct how, like not necessarily storylines, but like the whole, the business itself, like what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing.
1: Right. Well, and that's another thing they cover too. He says like with all of the transformations with his character over the years too, is like when fans started getting stale, he goes, I could tell because I had already been feeling stale for months. So he has his finger on the pulse, and like he talked about in his last match too, which I've said before, I'm not a fan of AJ Styles. I remember I saw him in ROH one time, and it's like, who is this fucking TNA trash? Because that's what he looks like, or that's what he looked like in that ROH match, is just like a reject from TNA, and turns out I was right. He was like TNA's biggest homegrown star and it, it, even in this documentary, like, Taker's blowing him hard, and apparently him Taker and his wife hang out with AJ and his wife, and it's like, whatever, I don't get it, but whatever. I don't see him as great as everybody else does, but that's just me, I guess. Yeah. Personality I, goes I,
2: a long way, I guess.
1: <laughs> it does, but I don't see it, whatever. Anyway, I went off on a tear about AJ Styles and forgot my point. <laughs> Oh, he said in that, like, for this last match, he knew that, like, he'd done the American Badass thing. He couldn't do that again. It was played out. And he said, I've been doing the fucking versions of the under the Deadman Undertaker thing for years. He goes, so I decided to take all three personalities and put them together. Like, himself, which is pretty much American Badass. Yeah. But himself, American Badass, and Deadman put them together, and he made this fucking hybrid character and you can see it if when you watch that match it's it is a good healthy mixture of all three
2: well yeah I mean for Christ's sake he rides in on in and out on a motorcycle so
1: right and but there's also he does you know like the magical bullshit too which I know it sounds ridiculous but I don't see how that's any more ridiculous than fucking any other fucking TV show no whatever um But, yeah, he's got, like, the powers and shit, but there's also that American badass brutality, too. Which, that was, like, the main thing I liked about that era is the fucking brutality, dude. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he mixed all three together, and I said, like, that match, if they could do that every year with him, he could go for another ten years if he wanted.
2: Just have one, like, one showcase match. One big Ticket
1: Mania match, yeah. Yeah. But like he talked about shooting that,
2: they could. I mean, they fucking pretty much do have done that with like Ric Flair and stuff in the past, right? Um, kind of like they would bring they would bring like the big old guys back for like one big match a year,
1: right? And I mean, Taker's been doing that for a while. But I mean, like the cinematic style that they shot oh, this, yeah. Okay, I got you. That that's what I mean specifically. If you do it like that, he could do this for ten more years. Yeah, because. Okay, say he fucks up or his opponent fucks up. Doesn't matter. Stop down. Redo it. Right. So you could make sure you have, like, pitch-perfect matches, too. But he even says in this documentary, shooting that, he's like, that was – it's good, but – and the matches however long it is, I think it's like a 20-minute match or more. He said that match took five hours to shoot. Damn. Because – They'd have to stop, relight, set up the pyro for whatever or bring in the fucking extras for whatever part they were doing or set up the stunt work for something, whatever. And he goes, so that's hard too. It it feels like I've had like a 45-minute to an hour match because I've got to stop. The adrenaline drops. I start feeling the pain in my hip and it's like, uh uh-oh. We start again. Adrenaline comes back. Don't feel the hip anymore. Then I put my arm through a window. We've got to stop check that he goes all of a sudden i got glass in my arm and it's like ow the hip ow the arm and he goes that shit just with the adrenaline coming and going he goes it makes it worse and it's like i can get that there's also interesting things in that documentary especially that last episode where he talks about like and this shows you how personal they got they talk about the day before they shot that last match his niece calls him and he said they were riding back from the graveyard to either the PC or their base camp or hotel or whatever the fuck. And he said his niece called him and there was something about it. He just knew he had to answer it. And he said, he answered the phone and she was like, uh, hi. Um, uh, my dad had a heart attack and he was like, oh shit, that sucks. Uh, what hospital? And he said, she's like, no uncle Mark, he's dead. Oh fuck. So like they get, deep and he's like, so I've got to with everything else that's going on, I'm preparing for this big match that may or may not be my last match. He goes, I've got to call all my siblings. I've got to call my mom and let her know.
2: Oh, it was his brother?
1: Yeah, it was his brother. Damn. Well, I think he's, uh, Michelle said either the night it aired or the Saturday after they shot it, her nephew died in a car crash. Oh, shit. So, like, they get deep in talking about like their lives and shit. So it really is a great fucking, if you're into all that shit, like I've said to other people I've talked about, it's like, just because I know how our culture is, where if people show their kids, that's not good enough. People want more. I wish they would have kept their kids out of it a little, but it's like, Hey, it's their decision. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Like they talk to their kids and shit too.
2: Oh really? I didn't even know they had kids.
1: Altogether, I think he's got like five kids or something, two from previous marriages, and then I think they maybe three from previous. I don't fucking know. They didn't. They didn't really talk about his like Sarah and all that shit, which is weird because like that was a big part of the American badass era. Because, I don't know if you remember, like, DDP was the stalker chasing after his wife and being like, I'm going to rip her or something. And that was a big, huge, like, bad storyline for them. Oh,
2: I kind of remember that. Right. I kind of remember, yeah, DDP being like a real fucking creep or something.
1: That was how they brought DDP into WWE, and that did not go over well at all, even back then.
2: (laughs) No, yeah.
1: Yeah, they didn't really touch on his previous... Like relationships or his other kids, it was mostly about the two kids they have together. I think, uh-huh. and specifically, they kept showing their one daughter who they talk about a couple at a couple points. Like she gave him shit for beating Cena two years ago at Mania. Yeah, how, I mean, old, like they, how old is she? Uh, I would say six to eight.
2: Oh, okay. I was gonna say, God damn, how old is his wife? His wife doesn't look that old. But yeah, six or eight, I, I get that.
1: Yeah, I would say Michelle's probably 40, 45, somewhere in there. Really? That old? I would bet, yeah. Damn. I don't because, like, think she looked she that was, I think she was mid-20s when she debuted, like, 15 years ago.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And that was another funny thing. She was talking about when she first got with the company, she talked about, like, she grew up a wrestling fan. And she said, not like some people where they're like, oh, yeah, I've always loved it. She goes, like, I was a hardcore wrestling fan. She goes, when I got with the company, there were two people I just didn't want to mess with, Uh, Taker and Kane. She goes, because I grew up a fan, so it's like, these guys are spooky. I want nothing to do with them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, like, they they talk about, like, how they came together and shit, too. So, again, it's super deep and surprisingly fucking detailed on their life and relationship and showing everything he's gone through in the last few years and her being there like fucking trying to prop his gigantic broken down ass up yeah (laughs) and i really don't get down for that shit mostly i don't give a fuck about their kids i don't give a fuck about their relationship but it is kind of interesting for a dude who for 30 years is you know if people see him and he's just like and you know Right. To be like, oh, shit, he's not fucking growling and saying, rest in, you know, that deep fucking yeah. shit like yeah, he yeah. always is. It is it is pretty fucking interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll have to watch that eventually. Um, yeah. Because the pieces that I did watch that you sent me, the short little clips and stuff, was, uh-huh. yeah, you're right. It was, like, way more intimate than I thought it would be. Like, he's not putting on any kind of show or, well, you know what I mean? Like.
1: Like when they talk about his brother, you can see him getting uncomfortable because he, you can tell what's bubbling just under the surface and like, it's not, it's not put on. Right. Like, you can see him fucking starting to tear up and shit. And it's like, whoa, we are getting deep. So, yeah, no, if you want to look at him like this last relic of that era, definitely, dude, you've got to fucking check it out. But, yeah, the main takeaway is like, He's done. Which I guess the fucking entire title kind of gives that away.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't expecting the announcement to come in the show.
1: Right. But see, here's the thing. At the end of the documentary, they they show the Mania match this year, and then they're like two months later or whatever. They filmed the end of this. So apparently he was still debating it. Mm. They filmed the end of this at like the end of May. Oh, wow. Or early June. So, like, they were cutting this bastard, like, last second. That's why there was, like, three weeks of uh, downtime. They aired three episodes, they waited three weeks, and then they aired the last two. Oh, because they weren't done cutting them. Gotcha. Exactly. So, yeah, apparent, because after some of these matches, like, at one point he goes up to Vince. I think it was Extreme Rules last year. He goes up to Vince and he's like, hey, I'm done. Because he he went out, him and Roman had a tag match against, I think, Drew McIntyre and Shane. And he goes, I'm sorry to just drop it on you like this. I didn't want to just blindside you out of nowhere down the road. And he goes, I guess I kind of am now in the middle of a show. But still, I'm done. That was it. I can't do anymore. Because he'd gone out on a high note. He had a decent match. He felt fulfilled. Well, this year came around and vince asked him again and he you could see at that point when he said i'm done there was no like but we'll see what next time brings or we'll see what mania brings he meant it and throughout the documentary they show like situations like that too where he's like i think i'm good but we'll see what happens in a couple months those last two times extreme rules and this year you could see that he was like no i'm good he was pushing away from the table so, yeah, it is it is kind of a roller coaster like that because he says he's done, he has a good match, and he's like, well, maybe one more, and then he comes back, has a shit match, and, like, they show Michelle going. It, I feel like it's going to be a never-ending cycle because he has a good match, and then he's like, well, maybe one more, and then he has a shit match, and then he's got to redeem himself, and then he redeems himself, and he's like, what,
0: what about one, one more? Yeah.
1: It's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Well, it's, so, a, yeah it's, it's a, a, a drug.
2: A, They're, like, chasing the dragon.
1: Triple H says exactly that, chasing the dragon. He goes, and it's a hell of a dragon to chase. He goes, because in our personal lives, he goes, even I miss it. But in our personal lives, we never have twenty to 70,000 people screaming for us. Yeah. He goes, I'm happy doing what I do. He goes, but it's nothing compared to what I used to do.
2: Yeah, it's got to be pretty intoxicating.
1: Right. I'm hoping they put it out on Blu-ray with all of these extra clips they're showing, and then they've done an after show for it, too, that I would love for them to put on a disc.
2: Oh. Yeah, they should, put the, they should put the matches on there, too, that they talk about. Right. Like, like as a like as a bonus disc.
1: Right, right, right. Or just, uh, like, on the bonus feet, like, say, episode one, they talk about the Roman match, put that on disc one with the episode, yeah. So you can real quick go watch it without swapping discs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I... I think they've kind of slowed down on their production of, like, documentary discs and shit. Yeah. Well. Which sucks, but...
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem like that would be that... This seems, like, special enough that they should put some effort into it, for Christ's sake.
1: Right, especially with the announcement that comes at the end. Because I think they don't even put out their own shit anymore. I think it's all handled by uh, Warner Home Video now. Oh. Hmm. Which is weird and... I mean, we've covered in depth my feelings on Warner Brothers being involved in anything. <laughs>
2: right. Weren't they trying to get Warner Brothers to buy to buy WWE outright? Um, or was that just a rumor? I don't
1: know. There's, there's been a lot of rumors lately about somebody trying to step up and buy it from fucking Warner Brothers to Amazon to fucking who knows who
2: else. The fucking Prince of Saudi Arabia or whatever the fuck. <laughs> They'll just move it over there and have them there all the time.
1: Well, I mean... They're already getting their blood money from him anyway. Why not take it all the way? <laughs> so, yeah, that's my hope for it is that they'll put out a Blu-ray, like a fat Blu-ray with all the matches they discuss and all the deleted scenes in the after show, but I'm not holding my breath because it's mm, doesn't seem likely, but you never know. But, yeah, check it out. we Will do. And that wasn't even my pimp spot.
2: Wow, what's your pimp spot then?
1: Um, I want to save that. Okay. Because that'll lead to like a really deep discussion. Okay. I want to make sure we get to our other topics first. Okay. All right. So, just hold your chi on that one. All right. All right. Um, let's do this Scooby list real quick. Okay.
0: Your, I don't have to your go Scooby the rebuttal. Other
1: one. I. I know this is an episode with a lot of me talking. Sorry. And I've got footnotes, too, just so I know what's what. Oh, for
2: fuck's sake.
1: <laughs> oh, and by the way, me and you kind of talked about it last episode with that fucking dumbass list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Laugh Olympics was not a show. It was a programming block. It was a two-hour block. So all of these fucking lists that are listing it as a show itself, y'all are frauds.
2: Yeah, you ain't gonna know what you're talking about.
1: So, fuckers. Um, I was going to read that other list I found, but I don't care. Fuck them. Their list was just as fucking stupid.
2: Well, <laughs> their list was also unacceptable and subpar.
1: It wasn't just as stupid, but it was pretty fucking stupid. I sent that to you, didn't I?
2: Yeah, I didn't bother looking at it because I knew it was probably bullshit. Because you said it's not as bad, but it's still stupid. And I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And that's the fucked up thing. I think it was on like CBR or something. They've got like three articles with Scooby lists in them. Which is like, why the fuck do you need this many? It's weird. And it's not even like, you know, one was from 10 years ago. One was from like six years ago and they just did an updated one. No, they were all from like within the last two years. One was like the top five best Scooby shows and the top five worst. Mm -hmm. And then they cross cut them so it's like. Ten, this one is awesome. Five, or uh, nine, this one sucks. Oh. So it makes no fucking sense anyway.
2: That's dumb. They don't even know how to make a list right.
1: Right, dumb dicks. So anywho, yeah. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible because, I don't know, it just feels like I should. Let's start at 13, though. That one is the 1980 Scooby-Doo and Scrappy show. This is what aired as the Richie Rich shorts. And I've said before, I got the Richie Rich Scooby-Doo set that they put out. They're Mm -hmm. fucking unwatchable, dude. It's just like three 11 minute shorts that's like, oh
2: God. I'm sure I've seen them, but I couldn't tell you what they were.
1: That's because that's how they are. There's nothing memorable about them. They're not really mysteries. There's not really villains. It's just Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy fucking off. Gotcha. And it's like, what the fuck's the point of this, man? Um, Then comes number 11. No, sorry. Number 12, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue. It's equally as unwatchable.
2: I don't think I've ever even watched that at all. Don't bother. (laughs) Okay.
1: Number 11 is the 1983, the new Scooby-Doo and Scrappy show. Now we're getting to the point where they're at least watchable. So
2: why, why was that one unwatchable?
1: Well, no, they're they're at least watchable. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay.
2: Yeah, that was one of the ones I used to watch, I think.
1: Probably, yeah.
2: When I was a This is kid. where
1: we're getting to the point where it's not terrible, but there's nothing particularly great about them. Right. Um, this was a show that had Fred and Velma in it for like the first time in years, and they were shorts, but sometimes... They would do like two 11-minute shorts per episode, but sometimes it would be the same episode. They'd just take a break in the middle. Mm -hmm. If I remember, this was the one that had, I think, Scooby's uh, sister's wedding in it. It was the one that had a Nutcracker Scoob in it, and it was the one that had... Here's what's fucked up, because they don't put out series sets. It's hard to remember what's what, because not only were these done under, like, programming blocks, like, Laugh Olympics had three different fucking things in it. Mm -hmm. Or they would put it, like, this is the fucking Richie Rich Hour, but it was actually part of, you know, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy, but they would put it in a programming block, and then they released it under the title of the programming block, but they didn't release all of the episodes. They released, like, half of the episodes, so some of the episodes are still floating out there. hmm stupid I know confusing but I th- I haven't seen the episode in years because I th- hell it would probably be VHS was the last time I saw it I think this is the one that had like a this is your life for Scoob and that's one of the times they brought back Fred and Velma
0: mm, okay
1: because it was just like that show where it's like do you know this voice and it's like jinkies and it's like we all fucking know who it is man huh. <laughs> Then we've got number 10, which I toyed just with, just to fuck with people with putting this one a little bit lower. Yeah. But I was like, nah, fuck it. Number 10 is Be Cool, Scooby-Doo. Okay. Which I've said to a couple people, like, it's watchable, but this is one of those shows that when people are like, oh, Be Cool, Scooby-Doo, it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it- it it's almost as embarrassing to admit that exists as it is Scooby-Doo and Scrappy or Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue. I gotcha. Because it's just so lame.
2: But it's at least watchable. Or Star Wars Resistance. What's that? <laughs> exactly.
1: N- <clears throat> now we're getting into the shows that not only are they watchable, they're enjoyable. Um, Let's see. Number nine. This... Number nine is Scooby-Doo and Scrappy. That was the 1978 show. It was the first show with Scrappy, and it's got Fred, Daphne, and Velma all in it. Okay. This is when fucking ABC was threatening Hanna-Barbera, and they're like, we're going to cancel this shit. So they're like, we better do something. This is what, like Scrappy or not, saved the franchise. Then we've got the 1976, the Scooby-Doo show. This is another one of those ones that it aired under the Dino Mud Hour. It aired under Laugh Olympics, and then it aired under Scooby's All-Stars. Three different programming blocks. Hmm. Um, seven is 13 Ghosts, 85. Awesome fucking show. Anybody who says the show is not great is a fuck up because it's got Vincent Van Gool, a.k.a. Vincent Price in it. And for that alone, it needs to be higher on people's lists. I mean, yes, Flim Flam is kind of fucking annoying. Yes, Scrappy can be annoying, but this is a good fucking show, especially the comic strip episode. That's a fun one. Uh, let's see. Then comes Pup, 88. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, yeah, this is the point where it's like 13 ghosts up until the top two. It's like these could be anything. It doesn't really matter. Just They're all tied for third, basically. Yeah. In my opinion, but wait, uh, pup, na-
2: pup named Scooby Doo was in
1: 1988. Oh yeah, Fuck. and it ran, I think, until '90 90 or '91.
2: So it would have started in fall of '88, right? Yeah, right. I was watching. And- I was watching that when I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> wow! Wow! Like, and I was excited that it was on Saturday morning cartoons.
1: Well, here's the thing, too, we've got to keep in mind. Saturday morning cartoons, I don't care how old you were, as long, even in like college age, that was a big fucking deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so.
1: I mean, okay, I understand why you're being like, what? what? Because you were in high school watching the baby vacation shows like this, mm-hmm. or maybe Flintstones Kids.
2: No, I never watched that one. This us still get ridiculous.
1: I liked this, and for years, no, everybody acted like it didn't exist. Tom and Jerry kids—that was fucking fun.
2: Oh, my kid loves that. I never knew about it, and uh, Bernie found it when he was little. Somehow, right. I don't—it was like on a Tom and Jerry DVD compilation or something. I was like, "What is this fucking show?" And he loved it, so we had to find some more of those.
1: That must have been a hard
2: search. It was a hard search, yeah.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because like I said, for years they acted like it didn't exist. Yeah. Because for a while it wasn't even on fucking Wikipedia, so it's one of those things like we've talked about before where it's like, did I fucking imagine
2: this? Right, did I dream that?
1: But it's like bullshit. I know Pup Scooby-Doo exists. I know fucking Flintstones kids exist. It's not that much of a leap to think Tom and Jerry kids existed.
2: God, I can't believe I was that old when that was on. I feel like I was a little kid (laughs) when I think back. Well, that's a
1: fucked up thing, too, like. Angie's kids, they're both in high school or the, Her youngest is going into high school mm-hmm. I remember when I was in like 5th grade The kids in 8th grade, they were adults
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I Now
1: I that. look back and it's like Look at them, they're little right. babies
2: Well yeah, I look at kids that are in high school now And I'm like, oh my god
1: Right So yeah, I, I don't blame you for being like I was such a little kid then
2: Yeah, I know, no wonder I never got no pussy in high school <laughs> <laughs> Too busy watching Scooby-Doo.
1: Not just Scooby-Doo, a pup and yeah, Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Um, after Pup at five, like I said, these last few, this is where it's getting difficult. And the reason this one is so low is because we don't have that many to judge it on.
2: Oh, yeah, I know I know where you're going.
1: Number five is Guess Who.
2: Yeah, that's a good show. Is, it so, really is. That's definitely going to HBO Max now.
1: Have they said that?
2: I don't know. I'm asking you.
1: Oh, no, I don't know. But I check uh, Boomerang periodically, and there's no indication of it. But what's interesting, and they might do this with Guess Who? Because they've done it with, I think, uh, Doom Patrol. They put the first two episodes of Doom Patrol up on HBO Max. Like, same day, right away, it's up. But I think that's all they're going to put on there. It's going to drop weekly on DC Universe. So I wouldn't be surprised if they put a handful of episodes of Guess Who up on uh,
2: on HBO Go on Max and then they'll right. drop on Boomerang.
1: And then they'll like say they'll put three up there and then we'll have to wait for them to drop over three weeks on Boomerang.
2: Oh, that I'm fine with that.
1: I'm fine with that too, even though it is kind of shitty. I'm fine with that, too, but back to what we've talked about before, it was supposed to air, and then they pulled it at the last second
2: that's why it, that's and, why it makes me think that they're saving this to go to a pay to a different pay service
1: right but it's what's most frustrating is like they've now they're acting like it doesn't even exist again because I don't see any promotion for the series as a whole or anything it's just. Hey look, we've got this Scooby show from the seventies up on HBO Max, and it's like, yeah, what about the fucking
2: Yeah, what about the one you're still making?
1: Thirty-nine episodes you're sitting on. Yeah. Because this has been confirmed to be a fifty two episode series.
2: Damn.
1: And from what I've heard, there's gonna be no repeats in guests. So they got fifty two individual guests, which is Damn. awesome.
2: And they've and they and they've shown and they've dropped like thirteen.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus They've actually gotten more than 52 guests Because one of the episodes is Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson So we know there's over 50 mm. guests too And I've heard I don't know how true this is But I've heard that one of the guests Is a returning guest from either New Scooby movies or some other series
2: It's Jonathan Winters
1: Oh that would rock if he wasn't dead Yeah I know Oh we do know there's a Hex Girls episode Oh, we do know that? Okay, I knew that. Well, that's cool. I can't wait for that. Fuck yeah. But um yeah, guess who? Like I said, the only reason that's so low is because they've put thirteen episodes out. So
2: wait, so who, who could the returning guest be? There can't be that many that are still alive. Uh Share Dick
1: Van Dyke.
2: Oh yeah, Dick Van Dyke, yeah. Share That's a big word, Share. Uh.
1: Um
2: uh (laughs) yeah phyllis diller dead jonathan winters dead adam's family dead (laughs)
1: um the only it could be one of the guest stars from uh what's new because they had a fuck ton of guest stars
2: oh yeah that's true but did they were the yeah but were they guest stars as themselves or just voices
1: well, that hockey fucker you guys like—he was on it. That
2: Something hockey planned. fucker.
1: Yeah, that hockey fucker.
2: Which hockey fucker?
1: Oh, what's oh Brett Hall, 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 whatever the fuck his stupid name is.
2: He was on what? He was on What's New.
1: Yeah, you didn't know that.
2: I guess I never realized it.
1: Yeah. Hmm. They had a bunch of fucking like, especially. It was weird during What's New. They had a lot of fucking athletes on that show. And this was like before social media was a thing too. So it's like, you're not going to chase like mega stars who could, you know, be on a press junket and be like, well, you know, I did an episode of Scooby-Doo that comes out next week. You're talking like skateboarders, figure skaters and hockey players to get your attention. All right. Cause what was the skateboarder? It was, I, it was an episode set at like Alcatraz or something. Ryan Sheckler, he was real hot for a minute. In skateboarding. Right,
2: I remember that one.
1: Yeah, and he was like 12 at the time. So it, like he was just coming onto the scene, and they grabbed him real quick. So it's interesting, the choices they made on that show.
2: Okay, I won't interrupt you again.
1: It's, it's kind of better if you do, because then we get to talk.
2: Well, I know, just saying.
1: Instead of me being like, no, no, shut up. And then, no, I said shut up. You know what happens? This is what happens when you talk. Um, no. So, yeah, like I said, the only reason Guess Who comes in at five is because there's only 13 of them. If, even if we had 26, it would be a better sample size to judge the show. I do like the show. Mm-hmm. The show does have issues. But yeah. overall, damn, it's so fucking good. It's pretty
2: good. It's pretty good, except um, except the Chris Paul episode. There's a, couple, <laughs> there's a couple in there where the guests are like, ugh.
1: Right. You might, well, have, well,
2: you might have wanted to make sure that they could read lines and make them not sound like you're reading lines.
1: I don't know if we talked about it too much, but like one of the episodes that I was like, Ew, was that fucking, was it Sia? Yeah. That one was irritating as fuck. Yeah, that was kind of irritating. We're like they're walking down a hallway and then all of a sudden this bitch starts screaming. She's like, no, don't stop. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, we've got to bounce.
2: Yeah, the Chris Paul one was annoying just because he can't.
1: That was the act. first one with the basketball player, right? Yeah, that was the very
2: first one, too. And it was like, "Right, oh, fuck me. Is this what this is going to be like? <laughs> like, everybody sounds natural and normal. And then he starts to talk, and it's like, oh, boy.
1: Hey, Scooby-Doo, would you like to help me build this for the kids who can't bowl?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much how it, exactly how it sounded like.
1: I know, it's fucked up. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, shit like that, or, like I said in the Sia episode, where she fucking starts screaming, it's like, stop, don't know! And it's like, what the fuck is happening right now? And she's like, we've got to bounce on balls! And it's like, are you fucking shitting me?
2: Yeah. Yeah, sold, their, is their guest selection is, was a little questionable on a couple of them.
1: And from what I hear, it gets even more questionable in the later episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's some weird ones. Is, like Don, I th- is Donald... Ooh la,
2: la. ...on there?
1: <laughs> no. I said no. weird. Not... Never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, no, but like, they've got... People that you haven't heard of in like a decade, like Jeff Foxworthy's in an episode.
2: What? Okay.
1: I think even Bill Ingvall is in an episode.
2: Oh my god.
1: You know the Here's Your Sign guy? Yeah. And it's like... Uh, I am not... Trying to be shitty, they were megastars. Oh yeah, well, yeah in like their if This day. was ten
2: years ago. It make make total sense, but now it's exactly
1: like, hmm, really. It, yeah, because it's like, what what have they been up to lately? Right. How are they? Fucking finger on the pulse. It's not like Jim Gaffigan, where this dude is like
0: right, constantly doing
1: shit that you hear about. Like he had that, I think, TV Land show that everybody was blowing so hardcore that he, him and his wife uh, wrote or right. Directed together or something, and he's always doing a fucking stand up special. Jesus fucking Christ. Every time I turn around, it's like Jim Gaffigan's new special, and it's like, isn't that old? And it's like, nope, it's a new one.
2: Nope, it's brand new, it's his third one this week,
1: right? And, uh, and like, a perfect example is like Jeff Dunham, you know, the uh, the yeah. comedian. He's in an episode that makes more sense, too. Oh, really? You may not be a fan. Ooh. But he is not past his prime. People still like him.
2: He has some questionable... Uh,
1: he does.
2: He makes some questionable choices in his act. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that um, two very... Well, okay, let's take that back. Three very specific characters do not show up in this episode. They can't possibly. Um, You'd be wrong. Oh, God. I would... I. He, I know he's got Walter.
2: Okay, that one makes sense. You could get by with that one.
1: And I'm pretty sure he's got Peanut, but I I would not be surprised if Ahmed shows up.
2: No fucking way, dude. There's no fucking way that they would put that. They, they can't... Either... I don't know, dude, dude.
1: Either him or Jose.
2: The jalapeno on a stick? Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, Both of those two are... There's the you know the black guy too. That's like that. It's like oh yeah. I don't even
2: know that one.
1: Oh yeah, he's like a rapper or something. And oh he's shit. Got, yeah. Um, I,
2: no, I I don't even know that one. I I, tur- I tuned out after uh, after Ahmed. I was like okay, okay. Yeah.
1: No, like I said, he's got like a rapper in a tracksuit with um. Let's put it this way, Aunt Jemima just got cancelled. Aunt Jemima's lips don't look this bad. Oh fuck. Right. And it's like,
2: ooh I bet he's laying low.
1: Apparently not.
2: Maybe maybe that's They're... why they pulled this half of the season. <laughs> They're like, fuck it, man. We gotta get we, we, we made some bad choices. <laughs> reanimate, reanimate. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh.
1: there was a piece of we should,
2: I knew we shouldn't have asked Ron Jeremy.
1: Uh, they did a piece on him on one of these fucking news things not ron jeremy fucking jeff Dunham. let's stay on track okay with uh him saying oh i've spent quarantine making new puppets and it's like you fucking ain't right you should let's get rid of some of these old ones dude (laughs) Uh so yeah and i think his uh i don't know what do you call him a puppet or Dummy?
2: Uh, yeah, it was a ventriloquist dummy.
1: Yeah, it, I'll just call it a puppet because if I say dummy, it's gonna sound bad with what I'm gonna say. I think his black puppet even has like a gold tooth. Oh my god. So yeah, it's he's got to do some working.
2: Yeah, he's done. He's got to revamp this act. This that ain't gonna fly anymore.
1: Yeah, he he better fucking write some new Walter and Peanut jokes because he gonna need them.
2: Mm. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to need to write a lot of Walter and peanut jokes. And Walter's going to have to get a whole lot more tolerant, too. (laughs) Real fucking fast.
1: (laughs) Or, you know, you can just lean into it and be like, no, Walter, that's wrong. And he can turn it into a teaching tool.
2: Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm sure people will see it that way.
1: Of course. Of course. Uh, anywho, see that's why I said Interrupt, It's fine. Leave this place. is fun. <laughs> um, number four, we've touched on what's new Scooby Doo. Which here's something fucking interesting. Two thousand two. That was technically my first Scooby Doo show, because I mean I was still fucking stuck in my dad's balls when the last one went off the air. I think. Mm-hmm. Could have put that a different way. Yeah. <laughs> simple plan the band who performed that song i found a video from november of them still performing that song so they were a good choice because they are big boosters of the franchise yeah
2: that's cool they even had
1: a song i think in the second scooby-doo live action movie too oh yeah yeah it's a good theme song it really is and they've There's been a cover out there that they've been using since... Well, it's the version that's in um, Mystery Begins. They've kind of been using that version. And unlike the Where Are You theme song, the What's New song is better by the originals. Because I don't really like the Ann Arbor version as much.
2: The Ann Arbor version of what?
1: What's New. Oh, Oh, okay. You don't remember that from the Mystery Begins?
2: Uh, yeah, I kind of do. It doesn't sound right.
1: It doesn't. But, like, the Where Are You theme song, I think that is, like, one of the most versatile pieces of music because I've heard country versions. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Achy Breaky Heart.
2: Billy Ray Cyrus?
1: He did a version of it that is like, that's a pretty good fucking version. Hmm. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt did a pop version. MXPX in the... Two live action movies. They did like a punky version of it. And I haven't heard one that it's like, ugh. Every fucking version of the Where Are You theme is fucking golden, dude. Hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, what's new? We've like I said, we've talked about that. It's so fucking good. Nice. I wish they would release it in Blu-ray sixteen by nine instead of the cropped version we've been stuck with for twenty years.
2: So they they actually they actually shot it sixteen by I mean they actually produced it sixteen by nine. Oh yeah. The original show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why? That's why because that's when HDTVs were first popping up.
2: Oh no! I thought you were the, talking about where are you?
1: No 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 no. Oh.
2: What's new? Okay.
1: We're gotcha. still on what's new.
2: <laughs> gotcha 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 okay. Well, you started talking about where are you the the music, and I thought we were. Yeah, I thought you I was were just about
1: comparing that. that. I was comparing all the covers of that. Yeah, with yeah The one yeah. cover of what's yeah. now. Yeah,
2: gotcha, gotcha. Right. I and, was like, what it, the fuck? Why would they have done it like that?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I've talked about before, like the um, special effects on the Iron are all the Marvel movies. They produce them to fill your screen, but they still crop them. For that, you know, extra long letterboxed format. Mm. And it's like, why? Yeah, that's weird. I don't get that. Just fill the fucking frame, goddammit. And then when they put out, like, an IMAX release, they fill the frame. So it's like, what the fuck? But anyway, yeah. What's new? Number four. Number three is what gave us Guess Who and Team Up. The original fucking, the new Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah. With fucking Dick Van Dyke, Speed Buggy... Josie and the Pussycats, Three Stooges, Batman and Robin, fucking globe trotters.
2: Yeah, that's good shit.
1: It really is, dude. Oh,
2: like when I think so. of Scooby Doo, when I was a kid, that is what I think of.
1: Uh me too, honestly.
2: Yeah, I think of that, and I think of like, well, obviously, like the the monsters from Where Are You? The right, the main, the iconic monsters. The right, Black, like Blackbeard and, and the Creeper, and yeah.
1: Ghost Clown, all that good shit. Mm-hmm. Space Kook. Oh, Space Kook, yeah. Well, I, the two things I think of are, are um, new Scooby-Doo movies and Witch's Ghost. Okay. When I think, because I had that Scooby-Doo meets Batman and Robin tape. Mm-hmm. And I ran that motherfucker into the ground. <laughs> so, yeah. And then the top two, we know what they are, but these are like... A cut above, you know? Right. All the other ones, like I said, from 7 to 3, they're all tied for 3 for me. But number 2, the original, 1969, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Few things, not just in the franchise, but in life, are better than that. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: like you said, the fucking villains, so goddamn iconic. Mm-hmm. You can... Name off like fucking ten villains in a row without you know stopping for a breath or to yeah. think,
2: and can it can visualize them vividly,
1: right? And then when you see shit like me and you were I think it was that trick or treat mask company they were doing like the Wolfman and Charlie the Haunted Robot. Oh yeah, masks and shit, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. when you see them like brought to life like that, oh, it's so fucking. It gives you that feeling of childhood. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, sort of like they did in Scooby-Doo 2, somebody take the time and do realistic versions of all of the fucking original villains like that. Yeah. Yeah, except it would
2: oh, probably rock. be kind of hard to do... Um, it would be kind of hard to do the the ghost one, the... Oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh,
1: Captain Cutler?
2: No, the, it looked like an actual ghost, like a ghoul of some kind.
1: Oh, like the ice cream ghosts or whatever? Like the green ghost? Yeah, the green ghost, yeah. Right. Um, I could be wrong, but I think they did have that costume in the movie.
2: Okay. Well, I wrong. don't
1: remember how it looked, but I sort of remember. I mean, if you make it like a real monster and not a dude in a fucking sheet... If you make it look like, you know, like a real monster and not a true la. rally.
2: <laughs> Whoa, wait, what?
1: <laughs> now I'm thinking of B-roll shit to say on purpose. I gotcha, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be really fucking spooky. Just imagine like a green mist with red eyes and chains around its wrist like that. That would be fucking spooky as shit. Like, you can see through it. Um, Oh, and I got something to tell you, too. I don't think we ever talked about Scooby-related. But number one, obviously, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. The first Scooby series to have, like, a true overarching plot. Like, uh, 13 Ghosts would technically be the first, but it wasn't like... In episode three, they were like, Whoo, man, we barely fucking got past that ghost demon last week it was just like okay on to another ghost Uh Shaggy and Scooby Doo get a clue it was kind of the same way it had a semi overarching plot but it wasn't like week to week the same through line they were referencing shit that happened last week mystery Inc. does in the first episode they find a locket the next episode uh, Daphne's looking at the locket being like this is weird what we found in the sewers what does it mean So it has a true overarching plot running through that entire series. That's one reason why I love it. Two, the fucking darkness of it, it feels like those first four direct-to-video movies. Mm. It almost makes it feel like real and raw and gritty like those first four movies did. Again, yes, this show has its flaws. The whole fucking Daphne, or... Well, Daphne too, but all of the fucking relationship shit, 90% of it's dog shit. Velma being an overbearing bitch to Shaggy, Daphne swooning after Fred and Fred being a fucking oblivious idiot, Mm -hmm. it gets tedious. But ignore that shit and stick for the stories, so fucking good. You've got that, like those first four uh, direct-to-video movies, you've got that classic man-in-a-mask mystery shit, But there's also an underlying threat that is 100% real and fucking frightening. Just like Zombie Island, just like fucking Witch's Ghost. So fucking good, dude. Um, But the thing I wanted to tell you about Scooby that we hadn't talked about, Mm -hmm. I don't think. um, I was listening, I found a video, or maybe Spider Scooby sent it to me. I found a video on YouTube with Kate Melton and uh, Nick Pilatus talking about their two live-action movies. Apparently, there was talk at one time of turning that into a TV show. Really? Yeah. Like, like the Mystery Cart-
2: Begins type movie into a TV show?
1: With those with actors. The younger, yeah, like yeah, with the younger... Those actors playing those roles, yeah. Huh. And apparently, like, there were scripts that were written, and when it came down to it, Cartoon Network was just like, it's too expensive to do the dog. Mm. so we were like a dick hair shy of having a live action scooby show wow which even if it sucked it would have been like there was a fucking for a red hot minute a live action scooby show and two of the people well two of the people in it rocked one of them was pretty good and the other one eh, we don't need him <laughs> already <laughs> But ah, oh, that would have been so awesome. But anywho, yeah, there's my ranking. That's
0: of all way, a Scooby way more Shops.
2: reasonable ranking, I think. Than
1: I like to think so. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, seems like it to me.
1: So wait, is this the official Nerd Blitz ranking then?
2: Yeah, works for me.
1: Woohoo! <laughs> um, let's see. I know we've got one other thing to talk about, but I've got to get this pimp spot in. Okay. Okay, so pimp spot. Are you ready?
2: Ready. Play
1: the intro.
0: Hey, baby. What you need? Yeah. Um, how much is this gonna cost me? How much you got? Whoa. Oh, yeah, baby. Come on in to the Nerd Blitz Pimp Spot. Oh.
1: My pimp spot this week is this thing that I have slowly grown to love and I don't I think we've talked about it a little bit before but I want to crack it deep open this time okay? Okay. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about?
2: Um, uh, No.
1: I just pulled a swerve. It made you think we weren't going to talk about We are! Star Trek Enterprise is fucking oh, awesome!
2: Oh, uh, okay. I almost <laughs> said that but then I was like, but that's what we're going to talk about next. <laughs>
1: I just figured it would be easier to tie it into a pimp spot.
2: There you go. Okay. See, nice. I got
1: smarts.
2: There you go. Oh,
1: dude, you finally watched the pilot, right?
2: I did, and you finally got the Blu-rays. I did. So how how far in are you?
1: Nineteen episodes. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Goddamn, oh, dude! So you've funny. only had you've had that less than a week, haven't you?
1: Uh, yeah fuck um let's see i was watching two episodes a day until yesterday when i watched like a full five episodes
2: holy shit dude
1: and that was all while doing dishes taking care of the dogs cleaning shit out of our basement
2: do you know how long it's been since i've been able to watch five hours of anything in a day
1: let's be fair it's only like three and a half
2: (laughs) still my point
1: stands It does. But again, that was stretched over the entire day. Not like, fuck you, I'm sitting here and watching Star Trek. I got you, though. I got it. (laughs) But, oh, it's so good.
2: Yep. Yeah, so I finally, yeah, we started watching Enterprise. Since you were able to watch it, I was like, I better start because we're going to have to talk about it, I'm sure. And I keep saying I'm going to go back and revisit it, even though I watched it. You know, I watched bits and pieces back in the day and was like, Ugh, I don't know about this. So I went back. Yeah, we watched. Um, on, Do uh, me a favor real quick. Adjust yeah.
1: your mic. Okay. Your phone mic. Yeah. Okay. That's better.
2: Okay. Uh. Yeah, so we was, we started it. And unlike your Blu-ray, the the pilot is split into two parts on uh, right. CBS All Access
1: which that caused me a problem too because I, I even i had the blu-ray so i don't know why i was doing research on it anyway but i was looking into it and they said the individual sets were released the blu-ray sets and dvds were released and in the individual seasons of on blu-ray the same like quality as they were on tv but this blu-ray it's upresd a little bit and slightly better but what confused me was they were like, it's 97 episodes. And I was like, no, it's not. It says right here that it was a 98 episode series. Why are you saying there's 97? So that caused me a little bit of like, did they leave an episode off?
2: Mm-mm, they merged one. Exactly. Merged two, I should say. Right. And something else I want to point out, and I need to go back and look. I should have done that before we we started recording, but I uh, I mean, we barely got the second half in before we right. recorded, because I, I blocked out time last night. I was like, we're going to watch the pilot, and then we'll be able to talk about it tomorrow. And then it was like, to be continued. And I was like, fucking hell, seriously? Now i got to watch another one?
1: Yeah, that, uh, was, that was my fault. I should have warned you. That's
2: okay. And then, uh, uh, so we, we were able to squeeze it in this afternoon. But um, you said something about um, when they're doing the decontamination gel. Right. And they're slathering it all over each other and stuff. And then she, like, puts her hand up her shirt and is, like, putting it all over her chest. Uh huh. That didn't happen in mine. Really? I don't think it's in it. I don't think it's there. Because I was looking for it, believe me. I was waiting for it. <laughs> and well, it didn't happen. And this. I was like,
1: what? Watch it on Netflix because I think it's on there.
2: Okay. CBS either-
1: may have been like, oh, this is too hot for a teacher.
2: I don't know, dude. He was, like, f- almost fingering her butt crack and shit when he was, like, putting it around her <laughs> waist and stuff. I was like,
1: whoa, what the fuck? Do they, like, show her put her hand up at all or no? I don't think so. I will fucking shoot a video and send it to you. I'll DM it to you because it's easier well, to DM Well, I mean, me I could do text. it right
2: now, actually. Pull it up? Wait, that sounds pull fucked it, up. Pull it out? Okay, CBS All Access. Hopefully this doesn't dump our call.
1: Well, it's on your end, so it should be fine. Star Trek Enterprise, Episode 2. So, do you remember, like, specifically where it was? Were you that attuned? Be like, he said it's coming. We gotta watch this. And she's like, calm down. And he's like, no.
2: No, I found it. I found it already. It's 11 minutes.
1: So you were tuned in like a motherfucker. <laughs> after two
2: seconds. Let's see. Okay. Let's go back. Go back 10 seconds. Okay. They're going into the room. Okay. She's in her wife beater. Tank top. It's at
1: least midway through.
2: Okay, well, I'm just gonna sit here and stare at her chest until I see whether or not her <laughs> hand goes up there or not.
1: All right, okay, down the this shoulder, gonna be all sultry like. And they do get real personal, don't they?
2: Yeah, it's really a bizarre scene.
1: And this is what I told you too. It's like it's a miracle that this show, at least for me, will get to your opinion in a minute. It's a so miracle. She's like rubbing to her
2: me. belly and, like, a little bit down the front of her pants a little, and then down her legs and stuff. Right, right. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? They're, like, like cut close up on the... Okay, hold on. I think I... Okay. Let me go back real quick. Okay, legs.
1: It's a quick shot, I will tell you that. It is a quick shot.
2: Nope. Now she's lifting up her shirt so he can do her back.
1: I think it's after that.
2: Belly. Oh, she did do it. Told you! Oh, I was... I was focused on uh I was focused on her him doing the small of her back. And then her hand goes, Yep, right up. I'll be damn.
1: I was gonna say, I think he was talking at that time. Yeah, like he they, is. They do kinda it's a misdirect, misdirect you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Damn. She you're fucking right.
1: grabs a hold, don't she?
2: She sure does. <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: But here's what I'll say. It is a miracle to me that this show is as watchable as it is because I on the Blu-ray, and I've mm-hmm. seen bits and pieces of this and other shit, apparently when this was on UPN, they were sending, the execs at UPN were sending them fucking idiotic notes, being like, wanting them to force like it to be real sexy because we want a young girl audience watching this channel. Okay. Then they were like, well couldn't it almost sounds like it was on fucking wb or cw honestly yeah
2: yeah. but they were like well that's what they were competing uh, with so
1: right they said one of the execs was like hey can't you um have like a young upstart band on the show every week and they're like well how the fuck are we gonna do that and they're like put them in that restaurant on the ship and they're like what restaurant on the ship they were talking about the fucking mess hall that's the restaurant on the ship. And they were like, we were stunned by it. And they were talking about they went into a pitch meeting because they had to pitch the episodes to the network. Mm-hmm. And they said something about, like, there's a fire on the hull. And they said all the executives are looking at us with these blank looks, nodding. They said we go through the entire pitch and the young execs are like, okay, that's, that sounds good. But what's a hull? Oh my God. The outside, like, s- skin of the ship. And they're like, oh, that makes more sense.
2: They thought it was some fancy Star Trek word. <laughs> right.
1: So, yeah, they were getting all kinds of fucking stupid notes, so it's a wonder it's as good as it is. Like, another note, Rick Berman wanted to do a prequel to TOS. He want, He says, like, through the movies and through uh, time travel episodes, we've seen, like, the 60s and 80s and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Our time. We've seen our real-time period. We wanted to do between First Contact and TOS. We wanted to see how humanity got from the 2060s to Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. And he said, the one note we kept getting from the network is like, no, we want it to be futuristic. And they were like, 100 years from now seems futuristic to me. But apparently the network wanted like a Voyager sequel, something set well after Voyager. Gotcha. But they didn't want to do that. Yeah, and they well, just kept telling this. them, no, you've you gotta do something futuristic, and it's like it is future. Oh, goddammit! So that's the uphill battle. I want you to keep that in mind when you watch this and you see some of that fucking weird, out of place, hokey shit.
2: And that's kind of what I remember of the ones that I'd seen before was like some of it was felt so out of place, like right, like I get what they're trying to do, but why would they do that? You know,
1: that's why,
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but that fucking theme song has got to go
0: up. Uh, even, told- even
2: my wife. Who will sit there in the car and listen to Joy FM? <laughs> listens to that. Listen to that one fucking time. It was like, oh my god, that's so cheesy. Right. And then the second time been- I muted it, the second episode I muted, so we didn't have to listen to it anymore. And she's like, yeah, that's uh, that's a ter- that song is terrible.
1: I've been told that season three and four it's better. Really? Okay. Because they. And Rick Berman and Brandon Braga talked about this. Like, Rick Berman is hardcore behind that song, which it's like, to me, it's, that's the one fault this dude has is he will defend that song to the death.
2: That song is fucking garbage. He and goes, it's so long. Well, then, that intro is I like know. two minutes long, dude. Uh,
1: Star Trek intros are pretty fucking long anyway, but when it's something that bad, it's like, oh, right. no. And you had to hear it twice. I know. Uh, but... Rick Berman defends that song and he says well you know the in the later seasons they gave us they had us do a new version of it that had drums and it was a bit more up tempo uh, and it's like I'll be interested to see if that sucks too
2: yeah, yeah. my my guess is it does but
1: <laughs> I mean and he talked about like the version over the credits which I told you it's like that's way better
2: I didn't even I didn't even listen the credits go on and we turn it off but
1: give it a listen because it is better. If that was like, take out the lyrics and just do that instrumental. And he was like, I don't like that because it's too close to elevator music. And it's like, come on, dude, I'm trying to get on your side here and you're fucking giving me shit about the one thing about that song. I like.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's rough, dude. And, and even the, the imagery in the intro is not terrible, but even that's kind of like, I
0: think if it was
1: just, the instrumental version with that uh, intro images, it would be fine. Yeah, I, did I probably like, wouldn't watch it still, but yeah, I did
2: like that they had uh, that they show friendship one. That was kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that.
1: Right. So, do you guys mute it and watch the opening, or have yeah, because CBS to it? all
2: access the the fast forward and rewind is ridiculous, dude. It goes yeah. so fast. That you can't just jump ahead a little bit. Like, if you push fast forward, before you can press play again, it's already like five minutes down the
1: line. Good lord. I think Netflix, if it's still on Netflix, dude, you can skip the intro there. I might have to do that, then. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. It's so bad. Let's get back on track. What are your thoughts, based solely on seeing the two hour, hour and a half, Pilot, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the show? Because, like I said, I fucking love it.
2: So I'm not totally sold still, right? Um, I it's it feels way, and I'm not talking about effects either, but it feels like the sensibility and like the the camera work and the the sets and the lighting and stuff. The whole thing it just like it just reeks of the early 2000s or like a right. like an older like cable show.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: So it, Which, it definitely feels it definitely feels old.
1: That could be part of why I like it too because it reminds me of Smallville.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: And we've talked before about my complete and utter blind love for Smallville.
2: Yeah. And it's it's crazy to 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 go from like watching Discovery and and uh that and then go to this show and it's like so much like you can see the difference in budget like immediately right um just in the just in the way it's filmed is completely different but uh
1: and here's the thing each episode of this from what I've read cost one point seven million that's fucked up and I think it was season three and four or maybe just season four the network cut the budget to eight hundred thousand Jesus
2: Christ per episode.
1: Mm. Per episode, yeah. Wow. That's which is nuts. Yeah, that is
2: nuts. Damn. Anywho. It actually you know what it reminds me of? It kinda reminds me of like the first few episodes of the X Files. I can see that. The way it the way it the way it feels. The Right. The way that the like I said, like the way it, the way it's filmed, the way it's you know, the way everything's shot, the way it's all set up.
1: The pacing, too, yeah. Yeah, the
2: pacing, too. It feels like, yeah, or like that Highlander show.
1: I never saw that, so that's not a good comparison for me. But that's You know X-Files. what, actually,
2: that's better than, that's actually a better comparison than X-Files, now that I think about it. But Tripp's accent's got to go down, way down, buddy.
1: I I think it does, <sighs> he does down. tone it down a little bit.
2: Tone that shit down.
1: And, like, you hear his normal voice in the bonus features, and it's like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. I mean, I understand you're trying to go for a good old Texan Southern good old boy, but...
2: But, like, super over
1: the top, I think. And I wonder if that was a choice, too, since this is, like, a prequel, and they want to show that, like, the accent of humanity as a whole, because yeah. look at all the other shows. Humanity doesn't really have much of an accent.
2: That's true. There is no, like, Southern accent or anything.
1: I mean... Okay, you've got uh, Bones. He, in the pilot of TNG, it's like, whoa, that's an accent and a half. Where he's like, we we'll only bring her back and she'll always bring you home, or whatever the fuck he says.
2: Yeah, but that's more like a crotchety old man. than a than Right,
1: a... but he still got, he leans into the Texas twang of Bones. Yeah. yeah so I, I wonder so. if that's kind of what it is.
2: Yeah, it could be. But either way, it just feels put on. It's just mm-hmm. not that it's it's it, not that it's bad or it's bad choice but it it feels not authentic.
1: Right. It it's kind of like what I said about critical role, which we'll talk about that maybe next episode. In that they all make a choice to put on an accent. Mhm. And it takes you a while to get used to it cuz it's kind of fucking annoying at first. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: I like the technology so far, I think. Like, the yeah. way it's, instead of shields, they have hull plating or hull uh, polarization. They polarize right. the hull. That's kind of cool. Right. Kind of a different, you know, precursor to shields. Um,
1: what do you think overall of the bridge?
2: It feels weird. I mean, I guess it makes sense because it's kind of a hybrid between the Enterprise bridge and, like, an actual NASA cockpit, kind of. Okay. You know how it looks very industrial and, you know, it looks like it looks like a NASA control center. From like right, the right. '70s or '80s, mm-hmm. but but in a spaceship with the big banks and yeah, shit, yeah, right. Um, but not banks like the 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 TOS Enterprise, where it's kind of like sleek and or well, I mean sleek for for a plywood console, but <laughs> but I mean like uh, it's it's more like in, like you know just plain, just like industrial like.
1: Right, and the thing about TOS too is like that was all around the border. Mm-hmm. This like juts out, so everybody can look at the view screen. Mm-hmm. There's no like turning and looking over your shoulder at the view screen. So it's it looks like, like you said, like a NASA bank of like, they're not cubicles, but you know what I mean, like a station like Stations, in yeah. In those old pictures, yeah. I like behind the bridge, like the. Uh, Like their war room thing back there, you'll see that later, more later, but like behind Archer's chair, there's steps that go down and they've got like a planning area there that's really fucking cool.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't think I've seen that yet.
1: No, I think it takes a couple episodes before you see that and they show, they shoot it from an angle where it's like, huh, what's behind them? And then like the camera moves and you're like, oh shit, that's the fucking bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really fucking cool that it's all there. And, again, watching the special features, they say something that you've said that it's like, that makes me like it even more. And you were dead on when you're like, it feels like a submarine. They said what they did was, when they were planning the bridge, they went on to some sub- submarines and they said, we were allowed to see everything except the reactor. Okay. And he goes, I think it was Berman or Braga, and they were like, And it was interesting to us, like, walking through this, and you've got to duck under pipes. You've got to step over door jams. Mm -hmm. And they said we took that in – we had that in mind when we were telling them what we wanted the bridge to look like or the ship in general. And if you notice, when they walk out of, like, a lift or something, they step over the jam. They go through a door, they step over the door jam. Okay, yeah. The doors are – automatic, like there's no handles, but they've got to press a button to open them. Oh, um, okay. You'll see in Archer's, uh, I don't know if it's his quarters or his ready room or if they're the same thing, I'm not quite sure yet. Mm-hmm. There's a pipe or a beam holding the ship together that he walks under from time to time. Like, he's talking to Porthos, mm. I think in the pilot, and you see him fucking ducking under this beam. Mm. And I, it was funny, too. I was asking Ma, because she watches uh, CSI New Orleans. Uh-huh. And watching this show, I was like, let me ask you a question. Watching that, do you ever notice, what's his fuck Scott Bakula, the lead on that? And she's like, yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about. I was like, do you ever notice him, like, pacing a lot? And she goes, I have fucking noticed that. That's his acting move. When he's talking, mm. he likes to pace back and forth. Okay. And it's funny when he's in his ready room and you see him pacing back and forth. He takes like six steps, ducks under the beam, takes two more steps, takes two steps, ducks under the beam, takes his six steps. So he does that a few times. And it's kind of interesting, but it's kind of funny at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Because it it shows you, like, like you said, how small this fucking ship is and how it's like a submarine. They said like every... There's no wasted space. Every inch of this ship has to mean something. And it's like, I get it. So when you were watching it all those years ago, you were dead on.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like the episodes that I watched. It was like these guys are on a fucking submarine in space. hmm Uh but yeah, it's also kinda like uh kinda reminds me sort of like Buck Rogers the Flash Gordony type the way the struts and the beams and stuff are. Right. Um Right. But uh to Paul is more palatable than I remember her being.
1: Yeah, you said in the last couple of days, like she was one of your problems that was like, Ew.
2: yeah, she's she's better, she's more likable than I remember. Mm-hmm. But the the hair is a problem.
1: I agree with that one hundred percent. That
2: looks so fake. I don't know whether it's her real hair or if it is a wig. If it's a wig, it looks terrible.
1: Well, here's the thing. I told you the other day that like her hair is a problem. She looks like fucking Frankenstein's monster Mm -hmm. because she's got a flat top. And I understand why, because like she does have longer hair and they roll it up underneath it, which makes her look like she's got some fucking fat deformed head or something.
2: Right. Okay. because in the
1: back, that's why it's flat, too, because it sticks out in the back So it goes up like her natural head, and then it flattens out, and then it curves down like a natural head. But it makes her head seem like three inches longer.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the texture of it's really coarse and weird looking. Right. It looks like it looks like synthetic hair. Um, And her mouth, I I I have a I have a little bit of a problem with her mouth. She's her mouth has that weird forced pouty look. Mm Hmm. I don't know. You can tell
1: she was like a model. A model.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether she's doing it on purpose or if that's just the way her mouth is shaped, but it looks I like... I think it's it like collagen like and shit. Yeah, well, it looks like she's making duck lips the whole time.
1: Uh, possible, but I think it's like lip injections. Oh, you think? I do, because it, there's a few times where they get close on her lips and, like, you can see the ripples of the injections. Really? Okay. A little bit, yeah.
2: But but her, her character is better than I remember it. The- uh,
1: she, I think... And I, I wonder if it's because like Spock is half human, and she's or half Vulcan and she's full Vulcan, she does seem to try to lean into the emotionless, affectless, mm-hmm. even more hardcore. She tries to be even more rigid. Yeah,
2: but her voice is still pleasant. It's not like uh, right, um, like some of the Vulcans that come off like really like harsh. But hers is like, well, her voice is very Well, you'll see buttery. later in
1: the series, some of them come off like really fucking snotty and arrogant sounding without even trying.
2: Yeah, yep. And And her voice is very buttery, I think. It's very smooth.
1: Right, yeah. She almost seems like, yeah, she does want to help them.
2: Yeah, that too. By the end of the pilot, yeah.
1: Right. But I mean, even like her delivery of her voice and shit. Yeah, She's, And maybe it's just because, like, we get to spend more time with her than we do the other Vulcans. Yeah. So they've got, like, three lines to be like, you cannot do that.
2: Yeah, those other Vulcans came off like total dicks.
1: Right. I and thought like, it was interesting. her.
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, the way they played that, too, was, like, they've been trying to build these spaceships or whatever since they made First Contact, and the Vulcans have been holding them back. Right. Because they don't think they're ready to go out into space. I think that's interesting that, like, they were...
1: Like, dripping technology to them slowly over 90 years. Yeah, or,
2: like, that they're um, almost, like, making Earth a colony of Vulcans, kind of. Like, they were, like, the governors that come and, right, you know, and just, like, they dictate, right, yeah. like, how things develop, you know?
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
2: Almost like, like British going into India or, like, colonizing someplace and then they...
1: Yeah, no, I can see that. That's a theme that does come back, though. Like, Archer gets, at a certain point, gets a little sympathy for the Vulcan's, I guess, reticence to just be like, okay, here you go. Here's fucking full warp capability.
2: Right. Well, I get it. I mean, I I, I can see their point.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, like, Trip, uh, Malcolm, and Archer all seem to have a bit of a piss hard on about that.
2: Oh, yeah. They definitely do. They they well, make, They make that pretty clear.
1: Yeah, Archer, he does in the first season come to a point where he's like, oh, Oh, now I know why you're the way you are. Sorry, I might have been a little too harsh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they're just trying to save them from themselves. Exactly. That they're not ready for the horror that's out in space.
1: Exactly, yeah. But back to to Paul. Mm -hmm. There is a scene where I think you see her real hair, and it is so much better really they right. use
2: her real hair
1: yeah her real hair you see it for a minute because they have to go undercover oh and okay. actually that episode i think i think it'll you'll really dig that because that combines two things you and i have spent a lot of time talking about lately i don't want to spoil it too much but it's like a they weave something else into star trek that's like ooh, that's an interesting fucking tale to tell Oh, okay. Okay. So there's that, yeah. I I want to know what you think of uh Flocks. Oh, I really like him. I I was kind of on the edge where it's like I he's either really awesome or I don't know if I like him. Once I saw that episode Dear Doctor, it's like, "Oh no, he's fucking awesome. I got it."
2: Yeah. No, I I liked him. I liked him from I liked him immediately. He reminds me of the guy they called Doctor Frankenstein in uh, Day of the Dead, the guy who's okay. doing all the experiments on the the corpses. Yeah, um, like his voice sounds almost like identical to that guy. The way he talks, okay, it sounds almost identical in his like kind of his demeanor. But yeah, it I, I liked him. I liked I like his, uh he's, he's like like uh, space holistic. Yeah cures that he has like he like Archer got shot and he he puts some fucking weird weird uh
1: leech or whatever Yeah,
2: like a weird starfish looking leech thing. Yeah. Want it to suck the or to cauterize the wound or whatever.
1: Yeah, to cauterize the burns from the phaser. Yeah. And he tells like, that's him, fucked up. Right, and Archer's like, "Can I go now?" He's like, "As long as you promise to come back." He, he does have sort of a sing-songy quality to his voice, too, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it's kind it of cool, but kind of creepy.
1: Right. If he did take a dark turn, it would be like, oh, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. But as long as he stays like good doctor, that's the type of doctor you'd be okay having. Because he could tell you, is like, you're going to die in a week, but he's not going to be like, you're fucked. He's going to be like, you've got a week, try to make the best of it, you know?
2: I, I might like him the most out of all of them so far. Trip, I'm not too over the moon about. Archer, I'm still not really totally sold on.
1: I I like both of them, too.
2: Well, I'm sure I'll get there, but just having seen it's one gonna episode, take time, it's yeah. kind of like, mm, the weapons guy, he seems Malcolm. weird. Yeah, he seems kind of weird.
1: Uh, yeah, they're going to dive into that, too.
2: Yeah, he's got a weird look about him, too.
1: He looks like he could be a villain, doesn't he? Kind of, yeah. He's got a real fucking severe look, which is probably why he's the weapons guy. Hoshi.
2: Now, see, she's one that I remember watching before and being annoyed by because she's the linguistics person and she's like a super genius linguistics person. So she's constantly like doing different languages and shit. It sounds ridiculous. Right. You know, it's one of those things that's just annoying. And she's also like super scared to even be there.
1: Which they touch on a few more times, yeah.
2: So i remember being kind of annoyed by her before, but not so much this time.
1: She's another one that I really dig. I like her relationship with Archer. Okay. Because there comes a point where he's like... He's trying to do something special for somebody on the crew. And she's like, I don't know about that. And because of that relationship they establish in the pilot where... He kind of manipulates her, but to her benefit. Right. Where he's trying to get her on the crew, and he's like, you really want somebody else to do that? And she kind of gives him that look of like, all right, I know what you're doing, and I appreciate what you're doing. I'm going to fucking fall into your little trap right now. And it's something she wants to do, but it's something else she... There's another project she's working on, and he tells her no you're doing this that's an order and she gives him that little look of like I know what you're doing you're trying to boost crew morale overall and that's almost more important so yeah I get I understand you dude so yeah they've got a real playful relationship like that
2: yeah um and then the ensign the the pilot dude um
1: Mayweather Mayweather
2: right um he was okay he's fine he's not really nothing I mean he's nothing special just yet I mean there's nothing he hasn't got to do anything yet really
1: yeah which again that changes soon what I like about him <clears throat> is and I told you this before
2: oh he did the he did the the upside down on the ceiling thing that's what he yes. did yes yeah yeah okay that was his I- that was his character thing for this pilot. Right. Was that, was that he's used to being in like zero gravity and?
1: Well, that's what I was gonna say. Kind of, he's been through all of this before. Like he grew up on ships. That's why they call him Boomer because he's like of that first group of people that were born yeah, was in space. Yeah, he's a space boomer. Yeah. Right. So to him, it's old hat. But <clears throat> even still, he's excited to be there. And. To me, that was the thing that I really connected with overall. None of these people... Yeah, they've got some annoying fucking quirks and foibles and shit, but none of these people feel like, oh, fuck, I guess we gotta do this shit now. Which, not, it wasn't just the Maquis and Voyager, but even the Starfleet people. Janeway. Everybody but fucking Kim. Henry Kim. Or Harry Kim, I forget his name, sorry. But everybody but him just felt like, oh, fuck. Guess we gotta do this stupid shit. Nobody on this crew feels like an asshole. Even to Paul being like, I've gotta babysit, you fucking idiots. Nobody feels like an asshole. Nobody feels like they're being forced to be here. They all feel like they're excited to be on this fucking groundbreaking journey, and I fucking love that. What did you think think of the uh, Klingon introduction?
2: Klingon introduction. What do you mean by introduction? Just how...
1: Like, I mean, this is canonically their first appearance in the Star Trek oh, universe.
2: Oh, um, it's kind of weird that that's how they met, but you know, that's how they found the first one.
1: Yeah, and like, also, I mean, like, them having to take him home and right, then him getting kidnapped and all that shit.
2: Yeah, that was kind of weird. And once you get there in Discovery, I think um, you'll see, you know, how you were saying, oh, well, his name's on, Archer's name pops up on screens and stuff in Discovery. So it's, you know, like they they reference back to Enterprise or whatever. Um, and I said, well, it's more in your face than that at one point. Well, that that ties into this pilot, I think. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's just All still right. just a verbal reference, but it's still like, oh shit.
1: As long as it's like a more direct tie, that's cool.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a very direct tie. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, I thought it was yeah I thought it was weird that um, that yeah like their first trip they go to fucking Kronos. Like their first trip out, you know. I was like, oh, that seems, like, pretty fast to get there and then, like, to never go back again.
1: Right. Well, there's more Klingon interaction to come. But it, it does make sense, like, when in Discovery, they're, like, it's been decades since we've seen these fuckers. Yeah. If, like, they leave the interaction with the Klingons as, you know, they don't get too deep into it, yeah. It it makes sense, I think.
2: But just felt weird. It just felt weird that they went, they were allowed to go to their home world.
1: Well, yeah, based
2: on based on how secure, yeah, based on how, yeah, I guess that's true.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, with the Vulcans trying to protect them to not just be like "fuck you," we're going, but for the Vulcans to be like, we not to not step in and be like, you cannot. These fuckers are warriors. Who will kill you? It's a little weird. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will tell you this. I've seen three of Jeffrey Coombs' episodes so far, or Combs or whatever. And he's played two different characters in those three episodes. No shit.
2: Oh.
0: Uh, uh-huh. Okay.
1: <clears throat> There's the one character that he plays twice. I don't think you're ready for this. Mm. Because, like, it's really fucking cool. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting it. Okay. And then the other thing I'm... I could be wrong, but I think it kind of contradicts TNG a little bit. But I'm not 100% sure. But even so, it's still pretty interesting. And, like, you see... It's another thing I told you. Like I like that there's about 100 years between each era of Star Trek we focused on. Mm-hmm. Because First Contact happens, 90 years later, Enterprise happens, then it's like 100-ish years, and then we get to TOS, or 90-ish years, and we get to Discovery. 80 years after TOS is TNG. I like that there's the big gaps of time, because... You can do shit in Enterprise that will set up shit or species or designs or whatever in TOS that you can elaborate on or that they elaborated on in TNG, you know?
2: Gotcha, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, yeah, Enterprise is kind of retconning or whatever, but it's still, given the big gaps of time, you can see it's a good show of development. Right, and I fucking dig that. So yeah, that's good shit.
2: Yeah, definitely interested to see more. I'm not. I was like totally like a fuck this show. You know, like I was afraid I might be. But
1: well, what I found interesting was you said you told your lady you wanted to start watching that. She you said, oh, she's really fucking excited. And it's like, yes.
2: Yeah. After the first one, she was like, this show is odd. So that pretty much kind of sums up. My feelings too was kind of like, right now, the show is odd. Yeah. It's not quite Star Trek, but it's not quite not Star Trek. Right. So we'll have to get into it farther to to really make any kind of opinion, but I'm down to keep going.
1: I would hope by like episode five, you guys are like, oh, yeah, okay, I get what this is doing.
2: Yeah, the pilots are always kind of rough.
1: Yeah, it depends, but yeah, sometimes it's like, wait, and like this pilot too, where they're trying to set up so much, Mm -hmm. because like they're setting up the Vulcan conflict, they're setting up like, this is the first true journey for humanity, Mm -hmm. they start setting up that temporal cold war shit, Mm -hmm. which I've heard doesn't fully get a payoff, because they kind of got shafted in the end, Mm. but uh, yeah, they're trying to throw a lot of balls in the air and see what they can keep up. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how many, by the end of the season, they do keep up in the air. I think it'll be before, but I'm hoping by episode five, you guys will both be like, oh, I'm in. If you're not, I would say jump ahead to Dear Doctor, and I can't remember what the other one, but there's an episode... With just Trip and Malcolm in the shuttle pod.
0: Mm, okay.
1: That That's another highlight okay. of the first season so far. that Both of those are a good taste of what the show is and what it's trying to be, I think. Okay. So, yeah. I'm glad you guys are at least interested in more.
2: Yeah. I thought it was funny that Tiny Lester was the fucking Klingon.
1: I was wondering if you would pick up on that.
2: Yeah. Well, I saw his name in the credits and then it took me a minute to realize that that was him under the makeup, but
1: right,
0: um,
2: by the time they had knocked him out and he was on the uh, medical table or whatever, I I was like, oh, that's, uh, yeah, because it's kind of hard to see him under all that. You know, he has a very distinct face, different distinct look in real life. So it is kind of yeah. hard. It's kind of hard to... Uh, to identify him under all the makeup.
1: Well, see, because I've seen him in the Friday movies, you know when he's like growling at people even though he's got those fucked up Klingon teeth? Yeah. Like when he raises his lip, I was like, "Oh, that's fucking Debo." So, yeah, I recognized him from that. Which holy shit, did you know he had a short run in WWE?
2: Um, I don't remember that, but he was in that movie with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Where he was Zeus.
1: Right. I might have been to try and tie in with that or oh, something. Oh, it
2: could be, yeah. Yeah, now that you say that, I think I do remember him being in, the, the Zeus character being in F yeah. at the
1: time. Right. But. I'm just so used to calling it all WWE. <laughs> He's fucking cool, too.
2: Yeah, I liked when he showed up in uh, uh, Fifth Element as the president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny.
1: That's a good movie. That's a
2: pretty good movie.
1: Oh, shit, Ian Holm was in that. He died.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, we won't get into it because we're trying to wrap up, but we did watch uh, Desolation of Smog finally.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: So, we can talk about that next time, maybe.
1: I was going to say, save that for 100 because it kind of fits.
2: Yeah, it kind of (laughs) does. Maybe by then we'll have watched uh, Battle of Five Armies.
1: Oh, yeah. All right, so there you go. We got that. I've got a pimp spot for next time. It's going to be a good show, everybody. Get ready. I'm trying to nail down a guest for it. I've got to talk to him again, but mm, who knows? I've got to figure out a time that I can do it. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will say this. Next week, we will be releasing... We might have to push off 100 just a little bit because it's going to be difficult to get it together. But the next episode will be the solo commentary. So, woohoo! hoo um, Anywho, Patreon thank yous. You ready for that? Yep, go for it. Sure there's nothing else you want to say about Enterprise? Nope. I really feel like I hijacked this episode. No, you didn't. <laughs> it was all me at the end. Not really. Mm. Anywho. <laughs> um, yes, our Patreon thank you shout-out things. Not long after we stopped recording, we got another Patreon patron last episode. It was like an hour after. I was like, holy shit, we got another. So we'll get to that person's first shout out. But starting off, we get at GIGIAMK30, at SpiderScooby, at steboost Boost, at ACFeral1976, at S Morgan Twenty One. Uh, we haven't heard back from this guy yet, so if we're saying your name wrong, still sorry. At Josh Marich Marish Marich? Marich, I don't know, but hopefully we get we got it with one of them. Uh, at Midnight Smoke One, at Corny Jenkins, and at her very first patreon thank you shout out thing at underscore 13 chris yay the knights of nerd blitzdom are growing um so yeah thanks guys now our regular thank yous correct you're supposed to say correct correct (laughs) uh thank you to j sarge do you hear the bells ringing You're like, come on, motherfucker, don't make me go looking for bells. <laughs> 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 uh, thank you to at the J Sard for our opening music for this and the commentaries. At Sherry Archinoff for our logo for this and the commentaries. <laughs> uh, thanks to at looking for eight for our Knights of Nerd Blitz design. And at Steve Boost for our Nerd Rats design. Um, as for our shit, find us on Apple Pods, Google Pods, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and find everything we do at NerdBlitz.com, including uh, the NerdBlitz book reviews, the NerdBlitz question of the week, and Fitz's Toy Nerd Chest. Blitz... Yeah. I'm used to the hashtag. I was going to call it the NerdBlitz Toy Chest. <laughs>
2: oh, well,
1: fine. Toy Chest! Just fucking... There's no name on it. Fuck! Get yourself some merch by going to redbubble.com slash people slash nerdblitzpod slash portfolio. Choose from all the designs there. We have masks now in the coronavirus. You need a mask, everybody. Mm -hmm. Don't be that guy. Right. Or girl. Or dickheaded supporter.
2: Don't be a dick. Just wear the fucking mask. Nobody wants to look at your ugly fucking face anyway. So just wear the mask.
1: Not untrue. Um, don't be the fucking idiot that's walking around with your mouth covered but not your nose.
2: Yeah, kind of de- kind of defeats the purpose, dipshits.
1: Um, more than kind of, less than... Well, no. Way more than kinda. Yeah,
2: pretty much exactly. Science. Yeah.
1: Oh. Don't get me started on science, dude. I'll <laughs> fucking rant again about... Listen to fucking science, you assholes in the hats! But yeah, we've got masks in every design if you want to rep us and be smart get yourself some extra audio by going to tsdjproductions.bandcamp.com or patreon.com nerdblitzpod there's five albums on the Bandcamp, and there's content going up uh weekly on patreon we've got the entire back catalog of just jump to the end coming out weekly, plus we're throwing in a mixture of new and old shit along with it, including B-roll, mini-episodes, skits, um, episodes of Doom does, and soon I think in July, or maybe August, uh, Nerd Boot Camp is finally launching. Mm, Yeah. So, all your fucking extra audio needs can be met at those two links. Other than that, I'm at the Scooby Doom, you are at Fitzman73. As well as At JJ2end <laughs> I'm also at TSDJ Production, and together we're at Nerd Blitz Pod, everywhere you get your Twitterings. Yeah. That's a good fucking show right there, gang. They're a bitch to cut, but I am glad we're putting out chunky shows lately. Chunky. Because this if we're not able to do commentaries as much as we want, at least they're getting a little something something. Everything will be back to normal in a couple months, right? Like there's not gonna be fucking viruses that people are too stupid to pay attention to, right? I don't know. I think uh You can't just say right? I think
2: <laughs> I think Apocalypse Part two is coming in around October.
1: <laughs> you think it's gonna take that long? Seriously?
2: Hmm. No, but...
1: Look at you being all optimistic. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Until next time on the main show, when we come back with our 100th episode spectacular. Bye. Come back next time. Our sanity is wearing pretty fucking thin. This has been a feature of JJ2E Media and... TSDJA Productions.